Anyone else thankful that when we're lost, we have a God who comes and finds us? Isn't that awesome? When we're broken, he comes and makes us whole. When we feel like we screwed up, he comes and he tells us about his grace and forgiveness. So thankful. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love that's reckless. God, when we question our worth, you paid it all for us. Jesus, we come today needy for you. As we open up your word, would you speak to us? My my prayer for myself, my prayer for all of us is that we wouldn't remain the same person we are when we came in, that we'd be changed, that you'd, you'd change us in some way, God. We love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, I just want to welcome everyone here to Embrace at all of our campuses and wherever you're joining us from. We're so glad that you're here. Kind of crazy. Last week alone online, over 7,500 people joined us for worship all around the world, which is completely, completely insane. Yeah, speaking of last week, though, how awesome were the campus pastors at all of our campuses? Can we put it up for our campus pastors? It's so great. Grateful for them. Just so thankful for them coming and sharing with us. Thanks to technology, I was able to listen to all six campus pastors. So grateful for them and also their campuses. But again, we're so glad that you're here. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm thrilled, just absolutely thrilled to be here myself. Well, as we get started up into a new series, I just want to start off by talking about parties, about parties. I absolutely Love, love, love a good party. First off, there's just the people, whether it's family or friends or random strangers, there's just something awesome about coming together and hanging out with a group of friends. Also at a good party, there's usually some good food, you know, that doesn't hurt, having a little good food also, some good drinks, maybe some hard drinks, get crazy, LaCroix, you know what I'm saying, get a little wild, bring out the LaCroix, a little sparkling water, never hurt anybody. But more than anything, I know for myself, a good party usually involves a good fire of some kind, to do s'mores, but much more important, to burn random things. A quick fun fact, like six, seven years ago at small group, we invited our small group over to our house, so Becky and I were hosting, and just a few minutes into the night, we realized that we drastically underestimated how much wood we would need to keep our fire pit going, and so as a good godly person, I just began to pray, you know, trust God with the big things, but also the small things. I just began to pray, God, would you somehow provide for us in our fire pit. And so I prayed this prayer as I'm walking through our house, like just looking for something. And well, needless to say, one of our kids' dressers got sacrificed to God and we just gave it up for the, for the fire, pit, fire pit. I kid you not, hashtag pyro. I love to burn stuff. But again, I love parties. Parties are wonderful. But I know for myself, when it comes to a party, the most important thing I want to know, like if I'm considering coming over to a party, like the very first thing I really want to know is who, who is coming to this party? Like just who's going to come over to this party? And it's really shallow, right? But I, I just want to know like who's coming. Okay, family's coming. Awesome. How about our weird Uncle Rick? Like is Uncle Rick coming? Does he have to come? Does, can we just maybe not tell him about it? Okay, it's friends. It's friends. Awesome friends. Like which friends? And is Sarah coming? And is she bringing her weird boyfriend? Like does the weird boyfriend have to find out about this party at our place. And a quick side note, when it comes to parties and being invited to parties, we're so strange, right? If we're not invited to a party, we're angry, right? We're just angry. 
and we feel left out and we feel like a loser and nobody likes us anymore. And sure enough, one of the friends who got invited to the party is going to post all over our Instagram, the fire pit and them burning a dresser and it's awesome and we feel like we left out. So we hate everybody, right? But if we are invited to a party, we're just kind of annoyed, right? I mean, don't they know how busy we are? We're just so busy. And you'll, you'll say to this, we just wanted like one night, just to kind of one night, like, is it too much to ask for just one night, just to hang out as a couple? Like, we, we just need some family time, and now we have to tell them that we can't come over to their party. Again, if we are annoyed, we're, if we are invited, we're annoyed. Anyone else ever felt this way? Okay, so I'm the only one who's ever felt this way. All you liars. But again, when it comes to parties, I love parties, but so often I just want to know who is going to be at this party. And so again, today we're starting up a new series called The Party, one of my absolute favorite series. And this year we're going to be looking at three different stories found in the Bible, three different stories where a party is involved, three different stories where we come to see and understand the heart of God and His desire to see life changed. Again, three different stories, three different parties, where we come to see the heart of God and His desire to see life's changed. You see, it's crazy, but our God, He loves, He loves both parties and life's being changed. And so that's what we're talking about for these three weeks. And today, we're going to start off by looking at the story of a Levi found in the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And so if you would, open up your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 5. Use any Bible you want to use. Use the Bible on your phone. Download the YouVersion Bible app. If you do not have it on your phone, open it up and, and just bring it up. Luke, Luke chapter 5. Also, at all of our campuses, we got brand new, brand new Bibles at our info centers. They're new believers Bibles. They're awesome. I just looked at them a little bit. They're incredible. If you don't have a Bible, stop by, grab one of those. Again, open up to Luke chapter 5. And as we're getting there, just to give us an idea of what's happening, Jesus has just started traveling and he's speaking. Like he's just getting things started. And he started to invite and find his 12 disciples. And he's also started to heal people. Like get this, he found a guy who was paralyzed Jesus healed him, and the man was able to walk. Crazy, crazy things are happening, right? So Jesus does this in the city of Capernaum, and as he's leaving town, he's walking on this main road out of town, which brings us to our story, starting in Luke 5, verse 27, and here is what we are told. It says, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Again, Jesus is leaving town, and when he does, he sees a man named Levi, and Levi is a tax collector, which means that Levi is Jewish, but he works for the foreign government, the, the Romans, the people who are taking advantage of the Jews. Again, Levi is Jewish, but he's working for the other team, and he's taxing, and he's getting rich off of his own people whenever they use this main road that Jesus is walking on. Whenever they bring goods on this road, Levi is taxing them. Again, he's taxing his own people, and he's becoming rich. And so basically, at this time, if you were Jewish, there was nothing worse that you could possibly be than a tax collector. Like, they were, they were hated, and they were outsiders. And as a good, godly Jewish person, you were told to stay away from tax collectors because they would make you unclean and also you might become like them. But here's Jesus. Here's Jesus. And what does Jesus do? We're told that Jesus approaches Levi and he commands Levi to come and follow him, to become his disciple. Now, continuing on in verse 28, listen to what happens. It says, so Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. And then later, Levi held a banquet in his house, 
with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. So once again, we're told that immediately Levi gets up, this tax collector leaves everything behind and he starts following Jesus. And then later on that day, what happens? Levi brings Jesus over to his house and he throws a banquet. It can also translate as a grand feast. I mean, this is a party. And hear this, who does Levi invite to this party? Like, who's coming? We're told that Levi invites a bunch of his fellow tax collector friends to come over. The NIV translation says Levi invites a large crowd of tax collectors. Crazy, right? Like, who's coming to this party? A bunch of broken, messed up people who steal money from their own. Like, who is coming to this party? Just to be really clear, like, who's coming? That's a big deal, right? Like, we want to know who's coming to a party. Who's coming? It's a bunch of sinners. Like, it's just a bunch of sinners. Really? Continuing on, though, here's the last part of our story. Again, this party's taking place. And then listen to verse 30. It says, But the Pharisees and their teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Sick people do. I have come not to call those who think that they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners and they need to repent. Again, Jesus is at this party and the religious people start calling him out for hanging out with these shady people or stealing money from their own and and they're, they're just complaining about it, and rightfully so, right? We read the story, and we, we, we tend to agree with Jesus, and we're like, gosh, why wouldn't he hang out with these sinners? I mean, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I, trust me, if we were in this story, we would be with the religious people saying, no, actually, those people took money from me. Like, if I just randomly took money from all of you today, and then like, you saw Jesus hanging out with me, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, that's the guy who stole money from me. So the religious people are complaining, and rightfully so, right? Like, rightfully so. Like, how can you be hanging out with this scum? How can you be hanging out with these people who are stealing money from us? But how does Jesus respond? He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And I have come not to call those who think that they are righteous, but those that know that they are sinners and they need to repent. So this is a powerful scene, right? Honestly, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of my favorite stories. And there's, there's so much that we could talk about for today, but today I just want to keep it really, really simple. And I just want to look at two different things, two different things that are really simple and yet so powerful. And then the first part is a bit hard to hear. I'll just warn you. And I'm just taking this from Jesus. This isn't my words. The first part is the simple truth that Jesus did not come. He did not come for those who think that they have it all figured out. Again, Jesus did not come for those who think that they have it all figured out. Jesus said, I didn't come for those who think that they are righteous. Now with this, and this is a bit random to share, and I've shared this before, but after looking at Facebook, after looking just at Facebook, a quick glance, I still cannot believe, I don't know if you agree with this, I still cannot believe that we have any problems in this world, right? If you're looking at Facebook, I mean, I still can't believe that we have broken families and addiction and divorce. I can't believe that we have war. And do you know that people are starving to death? Like, I just can't believe how that any, any problems at all are happening. How? When all of us are such geniuses, right? I mean, us human beings, we know everything about pretty much everything. I mean, we've, 
We've never made a mistake, and we've never, ever, ever done anything stupid. And, and, and if it, if just seriously, to, from our private lives to decisions, parenting, marriage, the ways that we lead, the way that we live, if honestly, if just people would just stop being so stupid, and they would just start listening to us and even just our Instagram feed, everything would be great, right? If everybody just, just stopped being so stupid and just start listening to us, everything would be fantastic. And it's like we have to share our opinions about everything. God gave us all gifts. He gave us the gifts of knowing everything, so we just have to share. And when other people break the law, we just can't believe it. And we can't wait for the news story to post about that person breaking the law because we're going to share how stupid they, they really are. And, and just honestly, when people make mistakes of any kind, we just can't believe it. Even though we make mistakes constantly, we just can't believe when others do. In our life, it can be a disaster and we can be broken and miserable. And yet everyone else is a fool and everyone else is a bunch of idiots. And it's so weird. Get this. It's so weird. When we make a mistake, we beg for grace. We long for grace. When someone else makes a mistake, we just long for justice and revenge, and I hope their garbage gets spread all over town. And hear this, as followers of Jesus, sometimes we're the worst, aren't we? Sometimes we're the worst. We're just so quick to think we know everything about everything. And just to be clear, not pointing people to Jesus and the truth found in him, but we're so quick to point people to ourselves and our own greatness. And at times it's like we're so perfect and so godly that we even make Jesus question his own relationship with God. It's like we make him doubt, like, am I saved? Am I really? And it's like our job, like we have to grade the lives of others because have you heard about what they've done? Have you heard? Like, have you heard about her? Have you heard about him? Have you heard about their past? Have you heard about whatever? It's, it's like we completely forget about our own mistakes. We completely forget about the grace that we've been shown by others. And even more so, we completely forget about the grace and love that God has so generously poured out on us. And when we forget what happens, we're just quick to point fingers at everyone. Quick to see and highlight everyone else's shortcomings. And all of this just never ceases to blow me away. It never does. Why? Because I haven't been over to your house lately, and there's a high chance that I've never been over to your house, and specifically, I've never seen your bathroom, but I'm almost positive that your crap still stinks, right? <laughs> like, I'm almost positive it still does. Once more, and this is so important to hear, Jesus didn't come. Get that. He did not come for those who think that they have it all figured out powerful, right? No, for myself, this week as I just sat with the simple truth, the prayer that just came out of me was, just, Lord, would you please keep me on my knees? You just keep me on my knees? Would you relentlessly challenge the Pharisee that shows up within me? Would you give me some perspective, God? When someone in my life screws up, would you remind me of the countless times that I've done the same exact thing myself? I long for grace. Lord, if there's someone in my life that I need to forgive, whether it's my spouse, whether it's my friend, whether it's my, my, my past coworker who drew, drew, you know, drove me crazy, whoever it might be, Lord, would you remind me of your grace and would you help me to extend your grace to this person? Again, Jesus, would you please keep me on my knees? 
So that's the first part. And then the second part for today is just the opposite. And hear this, it's the simple but awesome truth that Jesus came for who? Those who know that they don't have it all figured out. Those who just know. Jesus said, I came for those who know that they are sinners and that they need to repent. What does repent mean? It's a big scary word that's actually not scary. People who just know that they need to turn to God. People who just know that they need Jesus in their life. Again, Jesus came for those who know, not even think, but they just know that they do not have it all figured out. And this is just wild, right? It's just wild because so often we're convinced otherwise, aren't we? And if we're a new Christian or if we're new to church or maybe we're not even a Christian at all, we don't even know what we believe in God, it's like before I can pray and before I can go to church, I need to get my life in order. My life is jacked up. I need to figure some things out before I can do that. And I, I mean, for those of us who are following Jesus, we believe the lie. It's like in order to be a good Christian, I need to have it all together. And I need to be successful at work. And I need to have a good marriage and I need to have good kids. And I can't be crazy and unstable. In order to be a good Christian, I can't ever screw up. And I need to be like the perfect person with the perfect life. And yet again, who did Jesus come for? Those who know. They just know that they just don't have it all figured out. People who just know that they are broken and they long to be made whole. People who just know that they're addicted. It's not even a, you know, it's not even maybe. It's like, I know I'm addicted and I want to change. People who just know that they're hurting, that they're jaded, that they're making terrible decisions, and they no longer want to remain the same person anymore. They want to change. People just know that they need God's grace, like they need his love. They need his wholeness. They need his patience and his, and his joy. They just need it all. People who just know that they are sinners, that they need to turn to Jesus. I mean, they just need Jesus, not just want Jesus, not just it's kind of a cool thing to have Jesus, I, but need Jesus, need Jesus. Once more, Jesus came for who? Those who know They just know that they don't have it all figured out. And this is such good news, isn't it? I mean, in our brokenness, when we're broken, Jesus comes to us. Like after our biggest mistake, when we feel like an outsider, when we just feel like we're sick as a person, it's like, did I really think that crazy thought? Like, did I really just say that crazy thing? Back in college, did I really do all that jacked up stuff? When we're sick, Jesus doesn't avoid us. Instead, he comes near us. When we feel like we fail at work, as a person, as a friend, as a parent, as a spouse, as a human being, ever just feel like you failed at life? In those moments, Jesus comes close to us. I know for myself, this week alone, a couple of times, and usually most weeks I feel this a couple times, I just, I just felt like I failed. A couple of times I didn't react how I wanted to react. A couple of times I was just short with my kids, all 10 of them. Four of them are chickens, two are dogs. <laughs> 10 kids is a lot though, you know? But seriously though, we have, we have a God here, this, who looks for the broken, who know that they're broken. We have a God who seeks out the sick, who know that they're sick. We have a God who draws near to the imperfect, who know their imperfections. And just to be really, really clear, Jesus doesn't come to us 
and say that the sin in our lives is no big deal. He never says that ever. You'll never find that in the Bible. He doesn't hang out with us and say that all the crud and all the crap in our life, that he's cool with it. He will never, ever say that. I mean, with these tax collectors at this party, there's no part of Jesus that's okay with them stealing money from other people. When, they, when the Pharisees say, look at those sinners, he doesn't say, actually, they're not sinners. He says, yeah, he, instead, he just goes and hangs out with them. Never says like he's cool with it. Instead, he tells Levi... And he tells all of us, come and follow me, leave everything behind, leave behind, leave behind your old ways and become my disciples. Why? Because I just love you. Why? Because my ways are so much better than your ways will ever be. Are you tired of overtaxing people? Are you tired of making all this money and yet being miserable? Once more, who did Jesus come for? Those who know that they do not have it all figured out. And again, this is good news, right? Why? Because I still have yet to meet a perfect person. As a pastor, I have the weird privilege of being able to know a whole bunch of stuff about people. I haven't met a perfect person. From doctors, bankers, students, teachers, stay-at-home parents, I haven't met even one perfect person yet, but I've met a whole bunch of broken, sick people. Like high-level professionals who are just broken and sick. High-level people who, when I'm sitting with them, I think about Jesus when he talks about the poor in spirit. It's like you have so much money and yet you are the face of spiritual poverty. I just feel bad for you. Like I just feel like, I, can I give you some spiritual money because you just seem so poor. College students, 20-somethings, 50-somethings who are just searching for love any place they can possibly get it and they think it's awesome and you know, I'm doing this with that person and all this stuff and they're just so empty because of it. Once more, here's the good news. If we just know that we need Jesus... No matter how broken or jacked up our life is, maybe we're just empty or maybe we're new to church and the Bible and we don't know all the churchy lingo and churchy stuff. Just to encourage you, the churchy lingo and churchy stuff doesn't matter. But again, if we just know that we don't have it all figured out, Jesus doesn't avoid us. He does not avoid us. Instead, he comes close to us. I know for myself, this message isn't just a message for new Christians. Honestly, it's easy to look at the story of Levi and be like, oh, that's for man, I hope my brother's here because he really needs to hear it. No, this is actually for all of us. For even following Jesus for decades, we need, to, we need to hear this. Why? I know for myself, the longer I follow Jesus, the more I need him. The longer I'm alive, the older I get, the less I know. Some days it's like I'm so clueless. It's just like I don't even feel like I know up from down. And it is so clear that on my own, I do not know right from wrong. Do not. On my own, it is so clear that I don't have a clue of what's best for me. I mean, it's so obvious that I don't have anything figured out. And because of it, one of the things that I often pray, I'd encourage you to do the same, like multiple times a day I pray this, is just the simple words, Lord, I need you. I just need you. I need your wisdom and what to say and this one relationship that's broken. I, I need your grace when I've been hurt. Sometimes it's like our heart gets so jaded that we're just waiting for the next knucklehead to say something stupid so we can attack him. It's like, God, would you just soften my heart? I don't even know who I am anymore. Would you just soften the inside of me? I need your grace. I need your, your peace when I don't have any. I need your joy when, honestly, my attitude just sucks. Lord, I, I, ju I just need you. And once more, I don't know if you've heard this yet, it, just to make it really, really clear, who did Jesus come for? Those who just know. They just know that they do not have it all. 
figured out. Now, wrapping things up today, I just want to go back to our story once more. Again, who is at this party? Who? I've heard you care about who's invited to parties, and so I, I, I care a whole bunch. I'm really shallow. I want to know who's at this party. Who's coming to this party? It's, it, it's actually a bunch of tax collectors. Who's coming to this party? It's, it's, it's a bunch of sinners. Who's, who's coming to this party? Honestly, if you go to the party, make sure you hold on your wallet because this group of people has actually been known. It's actually what they do for a living. They just steal other money, like just money from other people. So who's coming to this party? It's just a bunch of sinners, but so much more than that. Who is coming to this party? Hear this. Jesus. Jesus. It's a bunch of broken, messed up, sick people. And Jesus. Why is Jesus there? Because Levi invited him over to his house. And Levi's broken. He meets Jesus. He's sitting in his tax collector booth doing the same thing he's probably done for years. Meets Jesus. And hear this. His life has changed. He's no longer the same person. I'm guessing at the party, some of his tax collector friends are honestly saying, when did, when did Levi get all religious on us? Like, when did Levi start talking about Jesus and not just talking about him and he invites him over his house? Like, who is this two-faced guy? Like, have you heard about what Levi's done? Have you heard about how much money he's raked up and just racking in off of other people? Have you heard about some of the things that he's done? Have you heard just how sick he is? He's just a sick guy. When did he get in all this religious stuff? Who's coming over? Jesus and a bunch of sinners. And why is Levi throwing this party? This is the cool part. Because Levi wants all his broken friends to meet Jesus. He's throwing this party. He's hoping that they'll meet the same Savior that he just did on this road. Awesome, right? One place I read this week said that this party at Levi's is the perfect picture of what the church could and should be. This is perfect picture of the church, not the, per- the perfect picture you'd think, right? This is a bunch of sinners with Jesus. And I just thought about it. Why, why would they say that this is the perfect picture of the church? And I just came to the realization because it's just a bunch of broken people inviting a bunch of broken people to meet the great guest of honor, Jesus himself. It's a bunch of broken people just inviting a bunch of other broken people meeting this Jesus guy. And what an awesome picture of the church, right? This week, it's just like every part of me is just like, sign me up for that. Here at Embrace, we're so far from being a perfect church. If you've been here for one Sunday, even half a service, you know that we're far from perfect. But one of the things I always love hearing people say is just a person saying, I just feel welcomed here. Especially from the the church outsider, the, the broken person, just, I just feel so welcome here. I've, everywhere else, I've just felt like an outsider when it comes to church, and I just grew up, and I felt like an outsider, and I've just always questioned whether or not I fit in and belong, and I've just, got, I've just made mistakes, and church and God has never really made sense to me. It just seems like it's for somebody else, but it's just never really made sense, but it's just different here. And I know for, for me personally, one of the things that I love, and this has been true since day one, is that even as the pastor, I can come, and I do not have to have it all figured out. I can come with my own brokenness. I can come with my own jadedness, with my own questions, with my own sin, with my own garbage. Just another broken person inviting other broken people to to meet this guest of honor, Jesus. 
As we said earlier, the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about parties and changed lives. And I honestly cannot think of a better Sunday or two Sundays to reach out and invite our friends. And I just wonder at all of our campuses, who, who is not here that needs to be here? Which family member, which coworker, which, which friend of ours just isn't here but needs to be here? Why? Because it's nothing to do with the church. They just need to meet, they just need to meet Jesus. They need, just need to come to this party and meet Jesus himself. Who needs to be here? Last thing I want to say, if you're here today and like Levi, you just long to be changed. You just, in your rut of doing the same thing, you, you don't even know how you got to church today. You come and you're not even really sure why because then you leave and you just do your own thing. But if you're here and you just, today you want to change, I cannot think of a better day to start following Jesus. Just a better day to say, I, I no longer want to be the same person anymore. I want to change. I want to become more and more like you, Jesus. I want to follow you. If that's you, we're going to pray here, and I just encourage you to speak the same words within your own soul, within your own heart. But let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you thankful for who you are. God, for those of us as Christians and even as human beings who think we have anything figured out, Lord, would you bring us to our knees? If at any moment just the pride and arrogance and we think we just know something about something, Lord, would you just speak so clearly? These are powerful words that honestly bring a healthy sense of fear within me. Jesus, you did not come for those who think that they have it all figured out. But God, we rejoice over the opposite being true as well. You came for those who know that they don't. I feel like I'm first in line to that, God. I just know I don't have anything figured out. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. God, I pray for those of us who are longing to change like Levi did. If that's us, Jesus, we want to follow you today. We ask you to forgive us, that you'd make us whole. God, from this day forward, would you walk with us? From this day forward, we want to choose your ways, not our ways. We want to choose what the word says, not what our enlightened minds have to say. God, we just want to follow you. God, I pray for anyone here who's making the decision or anyone here who's just seen God at work in their life, Lord. Two weeks from now, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of baptisms. If, if that's us, if we just know we're supposed to be baptized for the first time, or maybe we were baptized as a kid, but we, we just want to reaffirm that baptism, God, I'd ask that you'd just encourage us just to check the box, that we just take that step of faith, just trusting you. God, we love you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.